Okay, so there's a lot happening today, and we're going to try to get through it together. Christian Gokel alongside PJ Zuko. Excited to have you here. We have a lot of, I guess, PJ-related subjects to get to here. What? Uh, in the first, what's wrong? Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. No, I'm sorry. At first, I was just like that my, uh, my, ultimate, like, my automatic reaction to people saying things like that is, like, hold on, what did I do? Wait a minute. What are you talking about? But now I, I realize what you mean. So I am very sorry for interrupting. All right, so <laughs> the news of the day is the Big Ten, it appears, has their media deal as ESPN has pulled out of the media rights negotiations entirely, which ends one of the longest-standing relationships between an entity and a broadcaster. What, probably in the... the history of television, I would say. I mean, over 40 years of Big Ten games on ESPN is going to come to an end. As starting with the 2023-2024 year, it's going to be C- or excuse me, CBS and NBC joining Fox as the sole providers of Big Ten football. Now, there's a whole lot of streaming options here, uh, and there's some nitty-gritty when it comes to who's getting what in terms of the tier of the games. Fox is still going to be the main presenter of Big Ten Sports. But ESPN has purchased the rights to the SEC's primetime 330 games, where before that was CBS's, Georgia and Florida, CBS, Mm -hmm. right? LSU, Alabama, a lot of times at night, and they kind of flex that, but CBS, right? CBS had the first pick of the best game, and they paid for it, but ESPN just came through and spent a whole lot more money on it, so... After this season, it's going to be 3.30 Georgia-Florida on ABC or on ESPN, right? Whereas going forward, CBS gets their choice of a primetime game for 3.30. I don't know how that affects Big Noon Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But is CBS trying to stay relevant in the college football game? Uh, and they, see if I can get the exact numbers here for you. Yeah, they are spending $380 million to, or ESPN would have had to spend upwards of $380 million to keep the package, $350 million uh, for CBS. Right. So a little bit of a decrease there. Well, ESPN wanted to keep some of the bigger games. If you remember back to last year, they had the uh, Red River rivalry. Yeah. If you want to call it that. Right. Whereas CBS, I'm I'm sure, is going to play second fiddle to Fox and NBC will get some primetime games. I'm curious how that works with Notre Dame, but I wonder if they're like, listen, Notre Dame, you guys are independent. You play your own schedule. You're playing like Southwest East Missouri State coming up this week, or you're playing a service academy. We're going to go and put that one at 2 (laughs) o'clock, and then we can still have a primetime game at 7.30 from the Big Ten. Yeah. Which, if you think about it, it makes sense because I understand Notre Dame is kind of scattered all over the country. But for the most part, that's a Midwest team, mm-hmm. right? If you go Notre Dame Air Force at 2.30, and then at 7.30 you have Purdue and Indiana, something like that, I, I think you keep viewers from around that area. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd think so. Absolutely. Especially, like you said, it's it's that's all Midwest-based. That's all... Uh, especially those matchups, very, very kind of regional based. But I, I think you have some of those people stick around. 
Absolutely. So if I, and from what I'm gathering, and again, this is all still developing. John Oran from the Sports Business Journal has done a good job of covering this. It looks like Fox is still going to carry the A game in terms of the tiers. So they'll still get, you'll still be playing the game at sure. noon. Yeah. Right? Or Wisconsin, Penn State, probably going to be noon. Right? And then after that, CBS is going to get probably the second pick for the 330 game. And then after that, the negotiation between them and NBC, whatever NBC gets for their primetime game. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's all it's all very interesting. I think one of the things that I kind of bring up and am uh, not going to lie, a, a little disappointed in is the fact that you talk about those time slots, right? And as a person who grew up there and in a Big Ten area and uh, roots for a Big Ten team, um, and then also you just kind of look at the at the differences between the SEC and the Big Ten, and whatnot. Of course, what CB S uh, has been and and you know has been in the past and, and that time slot of three thirty. Normally, you'd have if there is a a premier big time Big Ten game, it's going to be at eight o'clock or noon yeah. as we've seen over the past few years. But that at least that second slotted game is going to be at eight o'clock, right? It's going to be the night game, so you can really rely on three straight games every week, even on if Fox. even if there's really. Let's be honest, like even if it's a bad weekend of football. Sure. At least the best three games of the week by based on like, you know, what they choose are gonna be at noon, three thirty and, and eight. And it sounds like we might be a losing a little bit of that. And uh, you know, it, it all depends. Of course, you, you can I'm not saying there there only is two or three exciting football games every weekend because that's ridiculous. Um, but those premier like yeah. Ohio State not Ohio State, Michigan, of course, but like Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, Michigan State, whatever. If it's not big noon, it sounds like it's going to be slaughtered right there at three thirty, most likely, instead of that night game at eight o'clock, which is a little disappointing to me personally because I yeah. love those night kicks, and I am also insanely interested. I know a lot of the times this is where our mind goes first. Um, who those broadcast teams are going to be? especially for that second NBC game. Because we all know, you know, Mike Tirico, Doug Flutie, they're going to be there at, at Notre Dame, wherever they are. Who's going to be that second team for NBC? That kind of perks my ears up a little bit and, and uh, gets me thinking of who that could possibly be. But I don't know. A, a lot of different thoughts going through my head. As, as you mentioned, though, uh, one of the biggest ones but is and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. But it also, to me, is kind of a bummer. Um, because you, you love you love those Chris Fowler, uh, Kirk Herb Street eight o'clock nights, and I know it's not always that. There's plenty of other ESPN games yeah. on and Big Ten games on throughout the um, year as well and throughout the Herbie, week. Herbie's no longer calling. Sure. Big Ten games. Yeah. You know what I, I'm upset about PJ? As you know, that's my favorite Brock. Yeah. Like uh, that's my favorite. You know what I'm upset about. What's up? That you Big Ten. I was going to call you people. Okay. The nicest thing I can call you. All right. Get the CBS primetime football intro. Do you think All they the keep horns? that? Oh, yeah. They don't and change I'm going to throw a remote. The first time it's like Northwestern taking on. No. Yeah. They wouldn't do that. Northwestern Wisconsin or Northwestern Minnesota. You know what? Because they both started 4-0. You know what we're not taking into account right what? now? It's going to be like. 
Northwestern somehow 6-0 and because they haven't played Correct. anyone yet. And you got to put them on. And then they're playing Minnesota. They're at USC. That's true. Yeah, or it's because a, it's USC. No, but I'm just saying, the first time it's Northwestern, Minnesota, I hear, I'm going to throw a remote. I, I can't blame you. I will say, though, I mean, since we're doing a swap, like, the SEC is going to have, like, the ESPN has always had some incredible college football intro music. It's not CBS, I'm, let's be real, but... I'd say, like, broadcaster-wise, though, too, like, you guys are getting the good end of this deal, I think. I love Brad Nestler, but as a collection of of broadcasters, I think ESPN has definitely gotten older. We're all getting older every day. I've, I know this is an insanely hostile take, especially with with where we're at. Be careful. I've never been a, a huge CBS broadcaster fan. Like it's not something I need in my life. The only the only CBS that I would really prefer <laughs> and that's not to just because it's over CBS, the other options like, is just the three thirty games. Three thirty CBS is outstanding, and I think what it is about it is the way they do the broadcast. It feels like it's from any year. Like it doesn't matter what game you're watching, whether it's I don't know the Iron Bowl from nineteen ninety seven. Or Georgia, Florida from 2014, they all feel like they're the same year. If you just like, go back and watch those broadcasts, they just all feels it all feels the same. I know what you mean, but you know like, why they feel that way? Because it's the same guys. No, I don't it's think it's the, the same, same guys. guys as it's 1977. The same, it's the same guys, it's the same graphics. Is there like the the biggest innovations that they've had is HD and like the wire cam. Outside of that, nothing else. Like ESPN's got like drones, and they got <laughs> yeah. uh, they got booger on a, a freaking mobile. No, yeah, forget studio that. That was thing. a that was and a like, terrible again, I think ESPN, time. when it comes down to broadcasting sports, does it better than anybody, especially when they're simplest. But there's changes every single year, especially with the primetime game. Progressive there's just a little changes, bit. Yeah. The graphics look a little bit different. CBS has been the same for like 37 years. It's true. It's true. And all jokes aside, I don't want to be disrespectful. I know that might have been a little bit. Uh, but, but why change it when it's good? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, you there, actually. You, I'm sorry. But I'm you, actually, you know, I completely you, agree. You know what you can see it, though? Is when, like, okay, you have CBS, and it's like, I don't know, Auburn LSU, and you're like, man, this looks good. Yeah. This looks good. But yeah. then they go to, like, the Sun Bowl, and it's like Georgia Tech, Arizona State, and you're like, what is, this is kind of gross. Why are, these, why, why are these colors so faded? Whereas They're you put the, Georgia Tech, Arizona State on the ESPN game, yeah. you're like, oh, okay, it's football, I'll watch it. Like, it looks good. You put that on CBS and the Sun Bowl, you're like, what? It's like Arizona State is wearing their chrome helmets, and you can't even tell. Or like when CBS, like <laughs> not like CBS, like the Channel Forty Six, but like when it's like CBS Sports Network, and they're doing like Hawaii and Fresno State. You're like, yeah, this is a little, ugh. yeah, it's rough. Ugh. Yep, yep. Make, yeah, make those noises plenty of times. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you there. I will say actually, if there's if there's one place, if there's one sport that you can do that with, and not only that, but I support. Um, you know, stations doing that with, I'd say it's college football. Like I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. And I, I do agree with you. All jokes aside about, you know, the broadcasters and being old and whatever, but I, there is a certain feel like, I don't, there is a (laughs) certain, he was good while he was there. Uh, Oh my goodness. Probably could have retired a little, little earlier. Um, him and Lee Corso can broadcast until they die. There were there's just moments, man. You and Cody, you're ages. all I'm saying. All I'm saying is I'd be watching a a like Alabama Georgia 
3.30 CBS, like, you know, number one versus number three, whatever. And it's like, takes 15 minutes to figure out what happened on the field. And you're screaming no, at your TV like it's, that's part. a flag. Like the that's best, all. It's a flag. It, there's part, a holding, it happened man. To Larry Munson too is like you just have they have no like idea. 2013. Matt Stafford's been in the league for a while now, and whoever's wearing number seven, like oh Matt Stafford. It's like no, it's like, it's like no, Vern, it's not. It's he's not been gone anymore. for a while. <laughs> but that's okay because he was so good. I wonder how many. I'd like a counter. Like how many times did he call? Wait, did they wear the same? They didn't wear the same number. Never mind. Don't worry about it. All right, I'm not. Doesn't matter. So just get ready for uh, Penn State on NBC, PJ. You got that coming next year. Penn State, UCLA, NBC primetime, 7.30. I'm ins- Mike Tarico on yeah. the call. I'm insanely disappointed that, like, I have nothing wrong with I love Mike Tarico for sure. Like, if, if he does those games, that's amazing. Nothing is going to be as, like, special as Penn State, Ohio State, whiteout, primetime, 8 o'clock ESPN, Chris Fowler, or Brent Musburger. Yeah. And Kirk Herb Street, oh, yeah. and they're just sitting back there, just taking it all in. You know what I mean? So, like, as a fan of that specific team, it's going to be very, very hard for anybody to top that. It's true. Um, well, we got we got one more year of SEC on CBS, and we're just gonna we're gonna have to enjoy it. I think like a lot of fans, change is kind of cool during the season, where it's like, yeah, I understand a majority of my games are going to be on some sort of ESPN network, like you're going to sure. be on ESPN, you're going to be on the SEC network, something like that. Right, like whereas you're a Big Ten fan, you're like okay, most of them are going to be on Fox, but I get a few on ESPN. It's just like the difference of the broadcast kind of makes it feel cool. That's why it's like, yeah, SEC fan, you get two or three games a year on CBS, and that's cool. And then when you get the ABC game, you're like, oh, okay, we got the primetime crew on here with Herb Street. I love the Todd Blackledge crew. They're, that does good. They're the, incredible. That does yeah. the other, like the simul, not simulcasted, but does like the parallel broadcast. Yeah, it's like 7 o'clock or yeah. 7.30. And you yeah. have, whereas you have the 8 o'clock primetime game on ABC, and then you go, right. and it's usually like some sort of SEC West game with Blackledge sure. and them on it, and it's awesome. But I just think fans like a little bit different, where it's like, if the Braves are playing, like, yeah, I understand, I can watch Bally's and like Chip Carey and Jeffrey and Corey do a great job. But sometimes it's cool to watch the TBS broadcast that they do, or sometimes yeah. it's cool when you're on Fox or on ESPN. Like, it's just, it's cool to consume your team through a different medium, and I I think we're going to get further and further away from that. Yeah. No, it, yeah. And that's the sad thing. It is, like you said, it is fun to have that kind of that rare sighting and that, that kind of a little bit of displacement. But I, this is the, honestly, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Is It's like, how long is it going to take for us to adjust to that? Yeah. It's going to be so like, it's a swap really. It's, it's just a transfer back and forth. And with all the different transfers in, in college football that we already have trying to keep up with that, now it's also how we consume the game. And for, you know, lifelong Big Ten or lifelong SEC fans, it's going to be very different yeah. uh, come 2023, so, 2024. So it's yeah. kind of the, the separations of powers. Big Ten yeah. going with Fox, some affiliates with CBS and NBC, whereas you have the ACC and the SEC sticking with Disney and ESPN. Right. I wonder when we're going to get to the point where it's like, you want to watch Georgia Tech Wake Forest? Uh, check out Disney+. Plus. Probably not far off. Yeah. Right next to the Mandalorian Season 10. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. we got more for you here on ESPN Radio. If you miss any portion of our show, you can check it out wherever you get your podcast. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. PJ, I have another important question for you here. Okay. All right. Let's see where this one goes. And it's more of an exercise, I would say, than anything. 
Well, you said it's important. It so. is. Uh, I, I hate doing the thing where it's like, imagine this team didn't exist or because it's just not realistic, right? You can't just pluck a team out and say, project the season from there. But so what I'm going to do yeah. to use this is I'm going to present to you two different scenarios or two different circumstances that are of the same timeline here. Kind of like a comic book, right? We get to go and we get to write how we, we think it's going to go. And then you have to kind of break it off and shape it from there. So here's what's going to happen. Stetson Bennett, week three, you're going to get popped for PEDs. Because I don't know if you've seen his biceps. His biceps? Have you seen his haircut? Well, I've seen the haircut, but like also there's there's been some pictures from camp, and it's just like, daggum. It doesn't do anything this offseason besides curls. Uh, okay. All right. And the other thing I'm going to say is... different? Say Will Anderson and Bryce Young decide that they want to be actors and they sign with the studio and like they're like you know what man what if they just we can't risk our bodies anymore sat out the year because no no that's not fun top five not fun enough okay like they they get their own buddy cop movie and they're like you know what we out all right that that actually like 24 jump street or something yeah something like that they get their own buddy buddy cop movie they're like listen you'll you'll get paid more just for doing these couple movies and you will in your entire nfl career they're like yeah Sure. sure that makes financial sense we out okay so now, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban are losing it. What's going on? We are imagining a lot. They drop a couple ball games. <laughs> They're out of the playoff race. Yeah, this is all laughable. My question to you is that I just I don't want to say the 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 I word. It starts with I, ends with jury. Yeah, no, I, I no. Don't wanna, of I don't want to put that no. out to the universe. So I'm doing this right. through a different kind of lens, but yeah. same kind of. Fallout from it. I'm just saying, right. like, once you get to, like, the other things are okay, even, like, the PED, but, like, then you get to just Nick Saban and Kirby Smart consistently losing games and being out yeah. of the playoff race, and I'm like, all right, listen, that's almost impossible. Listen, Alabama's lost three games in the not-too-distant past. Okay. Georgia's dropped some ball games. I mean, they lost two games in a 10-game season, so, like, they've, they've dropped some ball games, too, so just put it out there. I got you. Let's see where this nightmare goes. From there... <laughs> Because I just don't feel like we're talking about anybody but Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama. It's true. Who shakes out? Who who goes to the college football playoff? Man, um, I think it's a fun exercise because I think you got to start in the SEC. Yeah. It's like, okay, who ends up winning the West and the East? Yeah. No, it's very true. Uh, who who takes that step? Whew. That's a very good question. It does does Texas A and M finally not go eight and four? No. Um. Yeah, I can't really see that happening. I think LSU is going to be better than people think. I don't think they're going to win the SEC West, even if that happens. I can see PJ staring at the non-existent timeline. No, yeah, I'm trying. Like, sorry, this is like I I have to like zone out to try and picture who's doing what. There are so many different aspects of imagination that you're asking me to do right now that I can't just look at you. Yeah, you know, like I gotta imagine this this timeline. Um. So Stetson Bennett's out. It was all just a cruel joke. He, he find, like, This is even better. Then says he pop for PEDs. He waits until right before the Oregon game, and he's like, you know what? Double middle fingers to the Georgia fan base who never <laughs> believed in me. I'm out. Goodness gracious. I'm out. Georgia drops it to Oregon, <laughs> and then, I don't know, they lose at Williams-Brice because Spencer Rattler just goes off. As insane as, like, that's the thing, is anything can happen. In today's yeah. college football, yeah. anything can happen. So normally I'd be like, nah, man. Stetson's like, he's a very committed person. He seems like, I mean, he's really stuck through there with Georgia. 
it's college football in 2022, man. Anyone can do anything. Or like, um, okay, uh, Bryce Young takes the active career and Will Anderson transfers <laughs> to USC because they just signed a cryptocurrency deal. That's that's very true. That yeah. that could very possibly. But happen. then he gets to Hollywood and decides he wants to do movies instead. Right. Because we can't yeah. add him. We can't add him as a variable to USC. That's a very good point. It's yeah. a very good point. And then you have the rivalry of Bryce Young, the who's Will doing Anderson. like he's doing like Georgia films, mm-hmm. and Will Anderson's doing Hollywood films. Yep. Who, who, wow. Yep. The rivalry we never thought would happen. Exactly. Uh, I, I'd say if goodness gracious. Is Tennessee going to win that the SEC? That's what I thought was fascinating. Is it, is it I feel Tennessee like it's or two, Florida? I feel like it's two Lane Kiffin teams. I feel like Ole Miss Ole would Miss, win the West. Really? I feel like Ole Miss would win the West. I think Jackson Dart's going to end up being okay. And they have Zach Evans. He's a really good running back. And they got a lot of people back. They still in some wide receivers. Uh, and then in the East, I don't love Tennessee's line of scrimmage. But I just feel like they're going to be able to score more points on you than you will on them. Which is That's just football. Yeah. Like So like that's, that's how you win in any sport. You right. win seventy four to seventy two. It's Except still a win. Yeah, yeah. But I think Ole Miss would win that one in Mercedes Benz. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. You you are because like by proxy, you're saying you you think Ole Miss is good enough to finish second in the SEC West? I think they will. That's who I picked to finish second in the West. Okay, yeah. all right. You believe in Ole Miss a lot more than I thought you did. I guess. Yeah, no, I have them picked to finish second. So, and I think if it's them v Tennessee, in Mercedes Benz because just catastrophe has struck at Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. So who I think whoever wins that ends up going to the college football playoffs. So that's one of four. Sure. I don't. Yeah, think, I don't think. I don't think you get two in from the SEC. Well, here's the thing. So you're talking about you. You said all these things about Alabama and Georgia. You didn't say anything about Ohio State. They're still fine. Ohio State's fine. But here's my then thing Ohio with Ohio State's State. In. But here's my thing with Ohio State is how different is Ohio State this year than last year? And I think Michigan might have given people a blueprint on how you beat them. I don't know. They're just, they, they, they win a lot of games, and it looks pretty, and it looks like Ohio State you've seen every other year. But they don't have that edge that they had with Urban Meyer. I'm not trying to take anything away from Ryan Day, and Lord knows I'm not trying to give Urban Meyer credit where he doesn't deserve it, but... Say what you will about him. The dude could coach him college football. And there was, I think the edge that they had is they, people don't give Ohio State enough credit. And I'd say those Florida teams enough credit for when he was there. The Their number one identity was punch you in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Like they were hard-nosed football teams. Even when he was at Utah with Alex Smith, they were hard-nosed football teams. And Ohio State, I think, has gotten away from that a little bit to where now they're more of a, I don't want to call them finesse team, but... I think the yeah. I mean, think about what Ohio I, like, State won its last national saying. championship. Right, but what I, did, they didn't win it because I mean, Cardell was great, but they had a freaking runaway grocery cart with Zeke Elliott. They do, but I mean, they have Travion Henderson right now. But like, are they going to actually feature him like they did with Zeke? Are they going to feature him? And is that offensive line the same way? Correct. I mean, that that offensive line has always been churning out, you know, yeah, first round draft picks there at Ohio State. Are they still doing that? Who knows. I'd say I don't think their defensive line has gone too far down the hill, like too too far down. Um, but I I can see I what you Cam say Jordan's to a certain that. extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean I I can see what you're saying to a certain extent. Uh, I still I still think they make it though. I'll say it like I don't know. Let's look at their schedule real quick. I I think they First lose game of the season Notre Dame. I think they lose one dumb game because Ohio State always loses one stupid game. Notre Dame. Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers. Their first five games of the year are at home. Then 
They are at Michigan State, home against Iowa, at Penn State, at Northwestern, Indiana at home, at Maryland, and then they have Michigan at home. I mean, there's I could see at least one in there. I can see a lot. Like I'm saying, like they're going to get upset once. You said they have to play like Iowa. That, that stretch of at Michigan State, home against Iowa, at Penn State. That is tough. I I don't know if Penn State's good enough to beat them this year. Well, Penn State doesn't have to be, but Iowa or Michigan State could. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like, especially you start off the year. Yeah, you start off at home, but or you also just play Notre Sean Dame. Clifford Ascension moment. No, that's not going <laughs> to happen. Um, he's had his chances. So that actually might be the descension yeah. moment where oh, they end up going with someone else. Uh, but you do have the straight is like, yes, you have those first five games at home, but you have Notre Dame, Wisconsin in those first five games, Arkansas State. Isn't, well, no, they've kind of fallen off yeah, the last not, couple of years. Yeah, they're not as dangerous as they have been. Um, so you have those two, and then you have another two really kind of strong men, like tough football teams there in Iowa and Michigan State. They'll probably lose one of those games. Because they, they're always going to get upset by but someone probably silly. won't lose for the rest of the year. I don't see them of losing. Eviscerate Michigan, you think? I don't, know, I don't know if they demolish Michigan like they have in the past, but I think they still win. It's it's going to be at home there at Ohio State. I think there's so many, if you go back and watch that game, like, yeah, Michigan controlled it, but there's so many insane things that, yeah. I mean, it's playing in a blizzard. I, I mean, there is just... But I think more than that, Michigan just manhandled them. They did. They did. But they were so much more physical than that. I don't know if they have everyone back, though, from, like, from that same kind of group. Oh, yeah, I mean, you, you well, lose Aiden Hutchinson. Sure. And those guys, like, yeah, you're not going to be yeah, the same Michigan deal. But I'm not talking ends, about yeah. Michigan. I'm talking about someone else. Like yeah. last year, for example. That's why I'm agreeing that I but think last Ohio, year, for example, Ohio coming State into that Michigan's going to beat them. Coming into that season, DJ Uyunglele was a really good quarterback. And he had thrown for like, what, 400 yards against Notre Dame. So no one saw what happened last year. I don't know that that first game of the year gets enough credit for how bad Clemson's offense was. Kevin's wearing his Clemson colors today. Uh, it's you're wearing your Clemson colors, brother. It's it's cool. Uh, Georgia, I think, gave a lot of teams the blueprint to take out Clemson. Now, obviously, you're not going to hold them to three points yeah. for the most part, right? But can you hold them to 17? Sure. Right? And it's you don't right. have Jordan Davis. I get it. But you could watch that film and say, okay, here's what Georgia did up front. Here's the stunts. Here's the like double mic linebacker blitzes that they were running. Here's the blueprint that Georgia used against Clemson, and it worked. Let's try it. And then NC State tried it and beat them. And other teams kept doing it. So it's I feel like Michigan may have given you a slow them down blueprint. And say what you will, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba is outstanding. Mm-hmm. There's something different getting ready for him and Marvin Harrison the third versus getting ready for Chris Olave. Who's the other one? Um uh, might have been Garrett the best Wilson. one out. Garrett, Garrett Wilson, Wilson and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison the third. Right? Yeah. There's a big difference between getting ready for those. So I, I really wonder if Michigan gave him the blueprint, but we're going to go with PJ and say, yeah, okay, Ohio State's the second team in. Do you think anybody out of the Pac-12, like do you think Dan Lanning maybe gets his gets rocked week one maybe, yeah, but then kind of rallies the troops from there? I think your best bet, out of honestly, out of the Pac-12 is, is Utah. Got to get I, that Florida win week one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's key. That is huge, but after that, if you can get that upset, then and even maybe maybe if you if Florida has a good enough year in this universe and you lose close at the swamp, I think if Utah is going to get in, they got to go undefeated. Yeah, 
Uh, I think your best shot is still Utah. I don't think USC's there yet, and I don't know if Oregon, with everything they lost in the transition, can... Okay, so put Utah up hold. there, but we don't have to say they're they're in it yet, but let's just put them up there. So they win the Pac-12. So is it... So Utah's up there, but hold on. They win the Pac-12, and yeah. then who wins the ACC? Is, is the question. Does Clemson get back there? DJ, you figured out. You no. got a couple new yeah. coordinators. If he doesn't work out, you have Kate Klubnik, who was the number one quarterback in that class last year, ready to rock. You got some good backs. Your defensive line is historically good. Clemson, Miami maybe in year one, all the transfers they got in, plus the NFL quarterback in there and Tyler Van Dyke. Could they get it done, or is, is it Clemson like 11-1 reestablishing Tyler, dominance? Is Tyler Van Dyke in a situation where he plays this year and, and moves on to the NFL? Yes. Or, mm. Some people have him as a top-10 pick. I think see him more of a Kenny Pickett kind of a situation. Yeah. I would just, I know this is safe maybe, and then again, if you go back and listen to some of my takes on Clemson a couple months ago, I'm not insanely high on them. Um, and I, I think it's going to take a little bit to rebound from losing both your coordinators as well, longstanding coordinators yeah. as well. Uh, for the sake, they probably, they probably get back to not dominance, but... Twelve and one Getting ACC back out champs. There. Yeah. Twelve. Okay, so you I have Clemson there. Last one it would be the Big Twelve. Right. Last potentially year of Oklahoma and Texas. Mm-hmm. Last year it was Oklahoma State and Baylor playing for the conference championship. Right. Does Baylor sneak back in there? Maybe. Is Oklahoma now? I think Oklahoma is going to be good. Yeah, I believe in. I, I I think Oklahoma is going to be good. I think one of the steals when you talk about transfers. Is, is Dylan Gabriel, yeah. and almost no one's talking and about him. And Lincoln Riley's a really good coach. I think if you stack up his resume next to Brent Venables, yeah. it's not as far away as you think it is. I'm kind of looking forward to if Brent Venables can turn Oklahoma back yeah. into like a defensive juggernaut as well. That's like, good. Talk about classic college football. Like, I understand Lincoln Riley took his team to multiple college football playoffs, won the conference championships, had the Heisman winners. I understand that. Yeah. But he inherited just a freight train from Stoops. Right. And we don't really know what Venables looks like as a head coach, but I know he turned Clemson into the standard for defense in the country. Yep. Especially, especially when we talk about front yeah. sevens. Yeah. Um, and so, and so we ride the lines. Oklahoma train? For the Big 12, yeah, I think I would. We're talking another one loss team? I'm definitely not talking about Texas. Talking about one loss team? Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of those. All right, so I put, so we have SEC champ Ole Miss. Then we have Clemson out of the ACC, Ohio State obviously out of the Big Ten, Utah out of the Pac-12, and then Oklahoma out of the Big 12. And then for the sake of argument, let's say Cincinnati goes 11-1, and wins their conference championship, avenges their loss against UCF, and goes 12-1. and As sad as this is, like a lot of people are probably going to be mad at me because like you're talking about throwing away Georgia and Alabama, so you hope, may- oh, maybe there's going to be... Oh, I didn't throw them away. Well, no, not so the circumstances did. Yeah, sure. You're gonna have you're gonna have one or two teams that don't normally make it. No, you're not. I think you, in in that case, you'll have Ole Miss, SEC champion, of course. Okay. You'll have Ohio State because to be able to get there, they would have had to beat Wisconsin, Notre Dame, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. Iowa in the crossover game there. Yeah. And two cross those crossovers are are Wisconsin Bruce, and yeah. Iowa. Anyway, um, and then Clemson, and Oklahoma. Yeah, I think Utah gets left out. Damn it. Easy. 
So as sad be, as that I was is, gonna, I was for a more fun thing. I was trying to. Well, that's the thing. To have like, fun here if 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 Oklahoma takes a little bit, right? Like, if, if offensively they just don't click, Dylan Gabriel doesn't fit, then maybe you get a Baylor in there. Maybe you get Oklahoma State. I would love Mike Gundy. Oh, it'd be incredible. He was one yard away last year. Just like so, when he gets beat by forty points in the first round. Yeah. We just through the press conferences. Just to go back to like last year when when it's Baylor Oklahoma State, you have Georgia lost to Alabama mm-hmm. in the SEC championship game, and Michigan beating the hell out of Ohio yeah, State. Everything's yeah, everything's kind of up in the air, right? You and, had freaking Pitt and Wake Forest in the ACC championship. Yeah, I mean it was incredible, but. There was just something that, like, Baylor-Oklahoma is on the one-yard line. If Oklahoma State scores that touchdown, then they're, they're in an argument to make it into... Yeah. Uh, Georgia, I, I know Georgia fans were rooting against that because... Of course, What's the yeah. argument? One loss Oklahoma State conference champ right. or one loss Georgia who's not a conference champ. Yeah, who, who just, quite frankly, got handled. Yeah. And so, I knew, like, I don't know how you felt. Like, I was excited because, of course, the situation... But there's just something in the back of my mind. I'm like, they're not going to make it. They're like, they're, they're not going to score this. Yeah. It's just get like, it's it's like written in the stars. Like, the SEC they're both gods. Make it. Yeah, it's just yeah. Like, they're not going to let this happen. I gotcha. And you, you're like, who's they? You don't even know the ominous they. Like, it's yeah. just it's just not going to work. And then lo and behold, pushed out at the half yard line. Like, oh okay, that's fitting. Happened a lot in recent years there. <laughs> making really big impacts on the world of college football. Let's take a quick break. we got more to come here on second down. We'll be back after this. All right, we got to talk about some viral videos. Georgia players already making big-time impacts in their respective NFL camps. One of them, PJ, belongs to your Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Apparently, George Pickens just absolutely shredding it up there for the Steelers. A lot of viral videos so far of him just you know doing George Pickens things, and it's really cool to see him back uh, and healthy. The big video that really kind of got people's attention was there's a drill where he kind of does like a five yard crossing route and they bump him with a pad as he's trying to make the catch, like right as the ball arrives. Mm-hmm. And he kind of tips the ball up and it's like, okay, this can be incompletion. Dude just goes like Neo <laughs> matrix to the ground and yeah. keeps tipping the ball to himself and actually ends up making the catch. But outside of that, there's a lot of fan videos from them sitting in the stands of him just torching people. Uh, and Mitch Trubisky has apparently been like the kind of He's become his DeAndre Hopkins, in a right. sense. Like, bleep it, it yeah. bleep it, George is down there somewhere. Uh, and so just highlight real catch after highlight real catch. But then this comes uh, from a report from Steelers camp. Uh, it says, after making four consecutive receptions, some contested at today's practice, George Pickens went on to stare down Minka Fitzpatrick and other Steelers defensive backs and said, quote, don't say bleep. That, that That's par for the course. Right, I, I th- but again, that's and like yeah. Part of the question, you remember uh, he took a Georgia Tech player and yeah. deposited him into the wall right. at Bobby Dodd. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's par for the course. But at the same time, like if you can if you can do it, like if you can make those guys like those some of the best defensive backs, and it's not just because I'm a fan of the team. Like Vince Fitzpatrick, one of the best uh, defensive backs in in the NFL, I feel like, and has proved that over the past few years, and. If you can do it against those guys, yeah, like you can obviously you know walk the walk. So if he wasn't making these catches, making these plays, I think it'd be a different story. Uh, of course, you know I'm I'm also I'm think I'm more confident in letting guys like that kind of do their thing, especially in in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin as the leader. 
because he's shown that he can kind of reel those guys in. Not that it's bad, but he can make sure they don't go over the edge, right? Right. And and, and he does a very good job of that while they're in Pittsburgh. So uh, I, I feel like this is very good. That's also like tough mentality, just the, you know, who cares mentality. Like we're, we're going to do what we we're going to be strong and be tough and do do what we want to of the town. So like, I don't know. I'm all for it, kind of. Especially again, especially if you're going to make those plays. Like some of those plays are just ridiculous. Right. And I, the other one coming out, and I'm trying to figure out who it was that he was going up against. Uh, but Jordan Davis out of Eagles camp, he's gotten a lot of really good press so far just because just kind of being uh, Jordan Davis. But there's a video of him, and it looks like it's just a bull rush drill where it's, hey, head up, offensive lineman versus defensive lineman. There's no moves here. It's just, hey, we're trying to drive you back, and you're trying to drive us back. Jordan Davis took what I believe to be, let me pull up his number here, Josh Sills, who is a 6'6", 325-pound rookie out of Oklahoma State, and made him look like a child. That's who that was? Uh, That's a 6'6", man? Against Jordan Davis, yeah. He looked like he was 6'1". It's either him. It wasn't Jason Kelsey, because... No. We would have known if it was Jason Kelsey. Right. He's probably not getting hot back uh, like a bunny rabbit there. Yeah, but it's either it's got to be either him or Cameron Tom, who's a center, a uh, fifth year guy out of Southern Mississippi. But whoever it was, it did, yeah. Jordan Davis took an NFL offensive lineman and continuously deposited him about eight yards back into the backfield. This is ridiculous. You ever like when you're a kid, you ever get yelled at for like taking the workout balls and kind of hopping around on them? Yeah. That's what that, that that's what that center was doing. Yeah, just backwards with Jordan Davis pushing it. Well, Jordan Davis it was just incredible. Looked, hey, Jordan Davis, I, I'm just trying to think of like a way to describe. It looked like there's a rhino yeah. lined up on the other side right? of the center, and there's nothing he could do. No. And I know we had Brooks Austin on yesterday talking about it, where it's just he allowed Georgia to basically put him on one side of the line with a linebacker and not worry about it. Yeah. The Eagles got a steal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They still got Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. Well, I mean, think about it, man. They they got uh, Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Yeah. Behind them. Yeah. Like uh, to go along with the rest of those pieces. Like the Eagles are going to be nemesis. And they got like my, my guy, uh, on, on the front seven. Oh my god, Jalen Hurts playing quarterback out here doing it. So. Oh yeah. Might slightly be leaning Eagles this year. Who knows? Like once the Falcons get eliminated, you need a team to pull for a little bit. Sure. Might be going fly. Eagles fly. You know the Cowboys are going to go, what? Why are you bring the Cowboys up? The Cowboys are going to go what, twelve and five and losing the first round anyway. Yeah. So there, there's a spot in there but for the Eagles. I have no somewhere. reason to root for the Cowboys though. What? I have no reason to root for the Cowboys. No, I know. I'm just saying, yeah. like in division, any shot you can, uh, any time you can I, take I, a I shot at say, the Cowboys. I, it's not like you just brought the Cowboys to pay your crap on them. But yeah, hey, absolutely. We're here for it. We're here for you. It. Should uh, let's at take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you ready for three and out next right here on ESPN Radio. PJ Zuko had a disturbing thing to tell me prior to the show starting, and I wanted you to share that with the audience. What was the article that you were reading? Because we talked oh, about Prey yesterday. Yeah. Just be a brief synopsis of like the, what the title was. Yeah, it had something to do with Prey goes from the most unknown Predator film to the best Predator film of all time. Yeah, you get the hell out of here. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was and like, well, I was what is a, this? I was a big fan of it. I It's on Hulu right now. You can watch it, but it is an excellent movie. And just like I said, very rewatchable. Predator's the greatest action film of all time. I'm not going to disagree with you. And listen, I get it. They, they haven't had time to build a legacy. Like, could they get a couple of governors out of Prey? Sure, maybe. 
We'll see what happens. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. But how many NFL players were in Prey? None that I have seen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How many Mr. Olympias were in Prey? So true. All right. And all of your best one-liners were from the original. Right. All right. So whoever wrote that, I'm just I'm going to say it. I don't dislike you as a person, but you can get the hell out of here. Not reading. Uh, that was a very, like, I read that solely to send to, to give to you before okay. the show, but didn't read a word of the article. Well, I'm glad. Good. Good. I, I am going to go read it, though. Speaking of uh, next, three and out coming up next.